0: Morning. Welcome to worship on Ascension Sunday, the day when we remember that part of our creed where Jesus ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Thank you also this morning for wearing your masks. We are uh, still under a mask mandate from the Bishop and Annual Conference. They promised to release some new guidance this week on Thursday. And so I imagine that our mask mandate uh, has, a, has a short shelf life. We will keep you apprised as things change, but thank you for honoring it today. I want to thank, and I know that you want to join me in thanking Beth Chapman this morning for making it possible for Jill and Jake to be at home together this morning. Um, thank you so much. Um, This is a very difficult and tender time for them, and they are very deeply appreciative of the the cards and texts that that they have received, encouraging them and reminding them of the love and care of this congregation. So thank you for being a wonderful church and embracing them at this time. Will you stand now for the call to worship? O God of earth and sky, As Jesus came among us in Bethlehem to raise us up to heaven, so today we recall his departing from us at Jerusalem to be in all places. Though he is hidden from our sight, enable us to abide in him by the power and grace of the Holy Spirit, until his mercy and grace fill your whole creation, amen. unite our hearts and voices in the opening prayer. O God of glory, sovereign of all nations, the risen and ascended Christ calls us to carry your message of life to all people. Led by the power of your Holy Spirit, may we witness always to the hope to which we are called as we share Christ's love to the end of the earth. Amen. I would like to ask for the attention of the children now for children's time. Today is Ascension Sunday. That's kind of a difficult word. A lot of people get the Ascension and the Resurrection and the Transfiguration confused. But after Jesus was resurrected, after he rose from the dead, he appeared to his disciples seven times. And then on the Ascension, He moved up into heaven, he was taken up into heaven to be with God. Now, when Jesus was on earth, both before and after his resurrection, the disciples kind of got to play Simon Says. Have you ever played Simon Says? Simon Says, wave your hand. Simon Says, stomp your left foot. And if Simon says that you can do it, then you do it and you only get caught if you do something and Simon didn't say it. Well, when Jesus was here with us on earth, that's what everybody could do. They could play Simon Says with him. If he said to do it, then they did it. If he said, follow me here, walk with me here, pay attention to this teaching here, pray here, all they had to do was follow him. But when he ascended, they couldn't play Simon Says anymore. So what happens with the ascension is that Jesus promises us when he ascends that he will no longer be with us in in body, but will be with us in spirit. He makes room to send the Holy Spirit. So next Sunday, we are going to celebrate that. The gift of the Holy Spirit uh, comes to us on Pentecost. Next Sunday is Pentecost. It's one of the big festival days in the church. In fact, I hope everyone wears red for Pentecost next Sunday. It's the only day we get to have red paraments and red stools, but when Jesus sends us the Holy Spirit, he, he puts his spirit within us so that we can share it and so that we are empowered to do what he called us to do, but we're in new territory. We just have to take his teachings and our faith and put those into practice wherever we are. The Holy Spirit comes to everyone, all the time, everywhere, including to us. Someone said that when Jesus ascends, he leaves us behind. Well, he does, because we've got work to do, and the Holy Spirit helps us to do it. So today is Ascension Sunday, and it is the day when Jesus ascends into heaven so that we can get to work with the power of the gift of the holy spirit which we will celebrate next week that is why we call next sunday pentecost the birthday of the church it's a great day for a birthday celebration thank you for your attention i look forward to you being here next sunday for pentecost sunday and joining in the joy of that day as we prepare to receive god's holy word Will you pray with me? Loving God, as your word is read and proclaimed, open our minds, unlock our hearts, and enliven our faith, so that we may welcome the risen one among us. For we pray in his holy name. Amen. By the way, I know that it can be difficult to hear people when they are speaking with masks, so... If at any point you have difficulty hearing me, just gently raise your hand and I will try to remember to speak a little louder and a little more slowly. Our New Testament lesson this morning is found in the first chapter of Acts, beginning with the first verse. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, it is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven, he will come in the same way you saw him go to heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our gospel lesson this morning is found in the 24th chapter of Luke's gospel, beginning with the 44th verse. Then he said to them, these are my words, that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and he said to them, thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, praising God. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, Ascension Day may be the most forgotten day on the entire church calendar. I've always thought that it was perhaps because ascension can be confusing. I've known people to confuse the resurrection, the transfiguration, and the ascension. But another reason might be that ascension day, although we celebrate it on a Sunday, occurs on a weekday, like, like Epiphany does. Ascension day is always the 40th day after Easter. We tend to remember Epiphany, the 12th day of Christmas, perhaps because Epiphany is a celebration of Christ coming to us. And we tend to forget the Ascension because that's the day that he went away from us. And we would rather not think about that. Preachers often avoid preaching on Ascension Day because If there's one thing that none of us needs, it's another reminder of Jesus' absence from us. What we need are reassurances of his presence with us. In psychological terms, I guess you could say that we are in denial that Ascension Day even happened. We talk, and we sing, and we pray as if Jesus were still walking among us. Think of the hymn, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. We speak of him as our close friend. We appeal to him daily for help, totally ignoring the fact that he said goodbye to us almost 2,000 years ago. While he was blessing his disciples, our gospel lesson tells us, he ascended into heaven. The book of Acts gives us more details. As Jesus stands on a hillside 40 days after the resurrection, Once again, telling the disciples that this time, he really, really is going to leave them, they ask him a question they've asked before. Is this the time that you're going to restore the nation of Israel? After three years of being with Jesus, who kept telling him that he wasn't going to be the king of Israel, he wasn't going to overthrow the Romans and make them territorial governors, After rising from the dead to show them that God was doing something completely new, something completely different in the world, after spending 40 days after Easter going over the last three years, explaining to them what he wanted them to go into the world to do, the disciples are stuck in exactly the same place. Is this the time you're going to restore the nation of Israel? Well, we really shouldn't think less of the disciples for their questioning. The idea still has great currency: that Christianity is not about life in this world, but in the next. That world is something worldly is something that Christianity is not. that Christians are slightly otherworldly, that is a little bit uncomfortable with the world. That Christian et- attention is better focused on eternity than the life of the city or nation in the here and now, that Christianity, as one of my college professors like to say, pie in the sky and by and by, that holiness and true spirituality is to transcend life in this world and this body and this community in this time and this place. After what I expect was a very, very long sigh, eyes rolled to heaven and a silent prayer to his father to ask him to beam him up right now, Jesus responds to his clueless disciples by saying, it's not for you to know the times or periods that the father has set by his own authority, but you, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, it's not just that no one knows the day and the hour, it's that it doesn't matter. It's not about the day and the hour. It is not about the day and the hour because Today is the day, and now is the hour. Jesus is saying, stop checking the calendar because it's now. Instead of knowledge, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will give his followers power. But it's not random power to leap tall buildings in a single bound or or to get great SAT scores or to heal sick loved ones. The power that will come with the Holy Spirit next Sunday when we celebrate it on the day of Pentecost is the power to witness to Jesus to the ends of the earth. That's what Jesus had meant years earlier when he said that the kingdom of God was in the midst of his followers. When you and I live out the love of God, when we extend God's mercy, when we call out the idols of this world, then we are the incarnation of the body of Christ and we are the kingdom of God. The word eternal does not mean on and on and on. It means it means outside of time. It is a quality of life that breaks all boundaries of the clock. Just just as God lives outside of the clock and outside of time. When you and I incarnate the love of God in this moment, we participate with Jesus and with all the saints, past, present, and future in eternity, just as when we break the bread and share the cup, we do so eternally in the same out-of-time moment with Jesus and the disciples and the saints and our great-great-grandparents and everyone out in the cemetery and also with our great-great-grandchildren. It's not about when. It's about being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be witnesses today and tomorrow and forever. And then Luke says, Jesus was lifted up and a cloud took him from the disciples' sight. Now, clouds in the Bible are symbols of God, like the clouds in the wilderness and on Mount Sinai. It's not that Jesus went way, way, way up into the sky, one of my teachers explained. It's that he went out to fill the whole world, which again is why we need to get off the clock in our lives and in our relationship with God, because Jesus is right here, right now, forever. The hour for receiving him, the hour for following him, isn't starting next Monday or next week or next month or next year, it's right now. And it's always right now. By going to God, Jesus made room for the Holy Spirit to come. And as long as he was walking around on earth, everyone tended to focus on him as if all holiness were concentrated in him alone. When he got out of the way, we saw that that holiness became more accessible. By the power of the Holy Spirit, it became available to everyone, everywhere, all the time, even those who never knew Jesus in the flesh. The beauty of Jesus was that he was always visible. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is that it is not. By going away, Jesus made that possible. When Jesus left them ascending into heaven, I am sure that the disciples looked at each other and wondered out loud what they should do next. (laughs) Excuse me. Fortunately, though, there are lots of clues. The first is that they have Jesus' words from the prayers that he prayed at the table of the Last Supper. That had been a time for summing up of last words as the end was near. And so Jesus prays to God for his dearest friends, his disciples, and he asked God to protect them, to keep them at one with one another, to give them joy in their life and work. And then he says this in his prayer, I am not asking you to take them out of the world, as you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Well, into the world, it could not be more clear. Jesus wants his followers to be in the world, wants his people in every age not to try to escape from the world or transcend the world, but to engage the world, to live in it Thoroughly to live their lives fully in the world, to love the world just as God loved the world, to respect and honor and serve the world just as he did. The word he uses is witnesses, to be his witnesses. The second thing the disciples have is a sentence from the account of the ascension in the book of Acts. It's a question. Why are you looking up? We affirm the ascension when we in the Apostles' Creed say, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God. Jesus is not dead, but alive and sitting at the right hand of God. Jesus, that is to say, is the authority, the final authority, not sickness, not suffering, not injustice, not oppression, Not racism, not sexism, not any ism, not even death. Jesus Christ is the final authority. That is what ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God means. And it is the very heart of what we believe. And most of all, it is very good news. When it happened, whenever it was, the disciples were confused and amazed and astonished. And just then, two young men appeared and simply asked them, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? It's time to stop staring and looking up and start looking down. Time to get going. Time to stop pondering eternity or withdrawing from the world and recommit yourself to it. The text continues, then they return to Jerusalem. They didn't go off into the desert to meditate, they went to work. The world is where the followers of Jesus are supposed to be. The world with all its messiness and violence and corruption. The world is still the object of God's love. The world is where God's people will live and work and love and serve and witness. And Jesus promised us that the world is precisely where we will find joy. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you stand now and affirm your faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. with me loving God this morning Jake and Jill are heavy on our hearts we are grateful to you that they have faith in you that they have hope in you and that they know you to be the great physician we ask that you bring healing and that you bring peace and that you guide us as a congregation that we might know how best to be sources of comfort and strength and encouragement. We this day pray for those in our congregation who are recovering from surgery. We pray for Sally, we pray for Lynn, we pray for Glenn. We ask that you bring healing to them as well and that you help them in this recovery process, knitting together in love that which has been repaired. We praise you this day for those who have graduated this weekend. We give you thanks for Allie and Finley. We give you thanks for the possibilities of their lives that lie ahead. We give you thanks for their great accomplishments and we look forward with hope to the future that you have for them. All of these things we ask this day in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray each day, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you to stand. To be Christ's witnesses to the ends of the earth, Amen. Please be seated until the end of the bened- Excuse me, the end of the postlude.